We are coming to you live from the hangar before the chill the bill game against UConn, and we're answering questions sent in by you guys. These questions are all over the place, and it's going to be a great time. So let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 112 of High Character, presented by Homefield Apparel. We got a real special one right now. We are coming live from the hangar, Pub and Grill in Amherst, before the whiteout game against UConn. Uh, we got a mailbag episode for you guys today, so we had you guys send in some questions. We got a lot of fun ones, so it should be a great time. My name is Cameron, and once again, I'm joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how you feeling, man? You know what it is, man. Very, very excited to be here. We got Homefield out here, kind of, you know, a little bit of cross-promotion sponsorship event going on here at the hangar. Loving life right now. I got a beer in one hand, and I got the mic in the other. Couldn't be much better than that, so definitely interested to be doing a, a mailbag episode right now. It's, I think it's the first of its kind on this channel. Yeah, so. you've been wanting to do one of these for a while. Yeah, definitely interested to see how this one turns out. I think it'll be a really fun episode for everybody listening. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we had you guys send in questions. We got a lot, so we're going to try to get through as many as we can. I don't know if we're going to be able to get through the full list, but we obviously are here with Homefield Apparel. They're an awesome vintage college apparel clothing company. Uh, they have a lot of awesome designs, and they just came out with a brand new UMass hockey collection. A couple of specific designs. We have them up on our social media if you want to head over, go check them out. They look absolutely incredible. We're both rocking them right now. I got the uh, the UMass hockey shirt with the Mullen Center logo on there. That one's pretty classic. Evan's rocking the uh, the UMass UConn matchup t-shirt, so that one's pretty cool. Um, there's another really awesome design that I wore to the game yesterday, actually. So uh, we're, we're super excited to be partners with them. Uh, if you want to check them out, homefieldapparel.com. We have code PUCK10. That's P-U-C-K-10. You can get 10% off your order. The people in person right now at our event are getting 20% off, so pretty awesome deal right there. But, yeah, Homefield, they've been absolutely amazing. Their designs are, are so cool. You guys are going to love this brand. Yeah, couldn't be happy to be working out with them. You guys know how I am. I can be a little bit picky about who I tend to uh, give good ratings to when it comes to things. These guys are red hot. Love the stuff that they're doing right now. Couldn't be happy to be working with them. So really, really happy about this partnership and uh, really happy that they could put on this great event for us and all the UMass fans that are either listening in after the fact if they were here or, you know, as they're actually at the event right now. I think this is a really, really great time for everybody involved. Yep, and check it out, homefieldapparel.com. Use code PUCK10. That'll give you 10% off your first UMass order. And, guys, check these check these shirts out. They are awesome. Uh, and, and hopefully there's going to be even more in the future. So we love this brand. Happy to be partners with them and having a great time here at the Hangar right now. For sure. All right, so let's jump into our questions. Try to put them in a little bit of an order to have kind of a narrative going on. But yep. the first question is, tell me the story of your bromance. Uh, we, Evan and I specifically, I guess we haven't really talked about it on the podcast yeah. that much. We go way back. Um, freshman year of college at uh, New Student Orientation is when we met for the yep. first time, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that was what? We're talking seven, eight years ago now? Eight, yeah. Yeah. We're 2016. Summer 16. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing, like, kind of a weird way to meet, I feel. I mean, yep. you know, NSO, you know, New Student Orientation is kind of where a lot of people tend to meet, but, like, I feel like it wasn't going to actually, like become any sort of long-lasting friendship. I remember we both kind of were just like engineering like prerequisite majors at UMass. Um, I originally applied for business, got denied from Eisenberg, so <laughs> they put me on the wait list, but I eventually ended up getting in. And um, essentially, I mean, they basically just had us like grouped together by major. 
I didn't know anybody, you didn't really know anybody, even though, I mean, I think you kind of grew up in the area, and I was coming all the way out from the Boston area, so I only knew like one or two people, but nobody was in the engineering field, so super, super weird. I remember we were up in, I think it was like Mahar Auditorium at one point, they had us filling out some sort of questionnaire, and I'm like looking at you, I'm like, hey, do you know what they're kind of trying to ask us here, and yep. we just kind of bonded from that point on, you were like, hey, I'm Cam, I was like, hey, I'm Evan, we kind of just were hanging out the rest of the time, but we never really like got each other's socials or anything, like we kind of were just hanging out the whole yep. time and we thought it would just be like all right maybe we'll see each other crossing paths or whatever um i know i'm kind of dominating the story here but i remember the crazy part which is what i'm about to get into we ended up living in the exact same dorm genuinely across the hall from one another to totally by chance we were across the hall from each other we, freshman we year. could have literally looked inside of our rooms if we had both of our doors open at any given moment yep. it was unbelievable you know just like that sort of luck just the pure happenstance of it all yep. but yeah i just remember like we were both moving in not really sure anybody else on our floor and we kind of looked at each other and we're like you look familiar like you're, you're cam right and i'm just like looking at you and we ended up becoming you know really good friends we had we, we ended up both ended up being in the same exact major we were both civil engineering mm -hmm. so we were kind of just attached at the hip at that point both physical location wise and we were just sharing the same schedule so yep. kind of a match made in heaven yeah we really bonded over sports too i i came into umass already being a big umass basketball fan um, Evan came in, I guess not really knowing a whole lot about not the athletic department. Um, so I, I dragged him to a couple basketball games to start. We started going to hockey, football, everything together, and we just fell in love with it. Even though it was the worst UMass hockey season of all time, yeah, I, five and twenty-nine and two, um, we still had a great time. We started going to all the games together, playing NHL together in each other's dorms. So. Yeah, that that was kind of the crazy thing to me. Was like I didn't think I was ever going to get into college sports. Like I never really understood like the appeal of college sports. I was always you know big into the Bruins and stuff like that, but. I never really thought that college sports were anything to really, you know, get excited over. And then I remember we went to that first UMass hockey game. It was an exhibition yep. game, I think, against... It's a Canadian team. Was it Dalhousie yeah, University something like or that. something like that? I forget the name of it, but it was a great game. I think we ended up winning that one, if I if I recall. And it yeah. completely set up my expectations, yep. you know, completely wrong for how that season was going to go. Yep. Ended up going 5-29-2, I believe. I have that one memorized because it was, I think, the worst season in UMass history, but... <laughs> I, my whole thought process behind it all was free hockey and I can get seats along the glass. What's what's better than that? So yep. I decided to just go to every game just because it was something to do. You know what I mean? I wasn't a really big party kid. I figured I'll spend some Friday nights supporting the hockey team. And now we're here eight years later. I mean, yep. what a ride. What a story. Yeah, we very, very rarely ever missed a game together. Um, so just very similar interests. We, we went through same major all four years and just stayed friends after. So, yeah, that's our... That's our story. That's, that's our lore, that, if that, you will. That brings us to the next question, which made you start High Character, and do you think you'd make it this far? So uh, we, right after, um, well, it was after the COVID season because there were no fans, but yep. we both got season tickets for the hockey team yep. uh, right after. So we started going to the games. Uh, we have we both live out near Boston, so we have long drives to and from Mullen Center. Uh, we're all obviously talking about the game, the whole ride home, like breaking it down, everything like that. Um, I'm a big fan of some some sports podcasts that do recaps for the games and stuff like that. So one day I randomly just thought, I don't, I don't even remember what I was doing, just had the random thought, hey, maybe 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 we should do a podcast about UMass hockey. Nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is talking about it. Ran the idea by you. You were like, yeah, I love it. So we just started and haven't stopped since. I, I, I think the important thing to mention is that, and the part that you didn't actually mention, was I didn't have a car at the time. So yeah. I, I was pretty late to the whole getting your license and starting to drive thing. I know, really, really embarrassing thing, and I'm over it now. I'm driving now, and I'm actually the one driving you to a lot of the games yep. now. So, um, 
that was kind of where a lot of it started. Was like you would come and pick me up from my house, and we would start taking the two-hour-long drive. And then on the two-hour-long drive back, all we had to do was just yap about the game. You know yep. what I mean? Like we were sitting there, and you know, if we played like crap, I would sit there and talk to you about. It. I'm like, here's what I feel like we should change. We had nothing else to do on a two-hour drive back. We can't just listen to music all the time. Right. So you were thinking the entire time. I remember the the way that it started off. You sent me a Snapchat message one one day. It was like in February, I think, and you were just like, yep. "Hey, man, I have an idea." And I was like, "All right, let's hear it." And you were just <laughs> like. Dude, let's start up. Let's start up a podcast. Like we talk about this stuff every single night anyway after a game. Put a mic in front of our face and let other people hear it and see what they think. I thought it was yeah. a genius idea. I mean, you guys, you know, if anybody knows me on a personal level, I tend to get a little nervous. I'm not great at public speaking. I think this has helped me with that a lot. Yep. I feel like just, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable in front of the mic and just in general. So I think it's also helped me, you know, both personally and professionally on top of just, I feel like getting out really, really good content to you guys. I'm always super humbled and flattered by how you guys kind of appreciate our opinions and you guys listening every week. So just I wanted to take this as another opportunity to say thank you to all the fans. Yeah, and did you guys think you'd make it this far? Absolutely not. Hell this is no. This is total passion project. Uh, we had no no thoughts of sponsorships or anything like that. And with how fast it took off, we were really shocked. So we love that this many of you guys love what we're doing. So it gives us a lot of inspiration to keep going. We have no plans of slowing down. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I didn't really think. I was thinking maybe 10, 20 people at the most would be yeah. listening to this stuff. Now we're up to, what, 150, 200 people every week listening minimum. To, yeah. minimum to our episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it just drives back the feeling of just pure gratitude for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I, I didn't think it would get this far at all. So I'm, again, super, super appreciative of everybody. I mean, I didn't think we'd be getting sponsored. I didn't think we'd be here at the hangar right now doing a live pod. I yeah. just, I didn't think we'd be getting this far. So super, super happy to be at this point right now where, where our podcast For is sure. At. All right, what do you miss most about being a UMass student? Cool. There's a lot of things. Uh, obviously, having no responsibility of the bills and stuff is, is huge. Yeah. I think my first thought went to dining hall. Like 100%, yeah. No, no thoughts, just being able to go to the dining hall and get some top top food in America for yeah. dining hall. That, I think that's the thing I probably miss the most. I don't miss the schoolwork or the stress with that. No, never, never that. Um, I'm going to go with probably one that maybe you wouldn't think about. Um, I don't, you know, I think just the pure proximity to Mullins. Yeah. Like, not having to drive the two hours. Like, don't get me wrong. Whenever we were driving the two hours to and from the games, love the conversation that we would have. I'd much rather do it on the pod rather than in a car oh, on yeah. a two-hour, you know, long ride home. So, I just think, you know, obviously that can be rectified by, you know, getting a house or an apartment closer. I'll probably end up doing that in the future. Hopefully once I get up enough money to save for a house, I'll probably be around the Amherst area because I already spent so much time here as it is. But yeah, I definitely don't miss, you know, the, the crazy long drive. So I definitely miss being close to Mullins. But like you said, the food, obviously a major benefit as well. Just being on probably, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful college campuses in America. Absolutely love UMass and everything about it. Mm. I miss it all, quite frankly. Yeah, I miss it all, but uh, I think I think both of us share the same thing. Like, so happy to be done with the schoolwork. I think that's oh, our, the thing that we miss the least. But, yeah, student section, like, all that kind of thing, too. That, that, that was huge, And yeah. that leads us into our next one. Will we see the boys in the student section one of these days? Maybe a vlog. Um, I think both you and I are both on the same page about this one. Uh, student section was fun, but... Uh, that's that spot's reserved for the students. Yeah. Like, 
every every once in a while during a break when the student session is completely empty, we might go in the first row just to relive the old memories. Exactly. But like, we want to make sure we don't take up any anybody's seats, especially in the, in the best seats yeah. in the student session. We don't want to take up any any student's experience. We coveted our experience so much as students in the four years, and it's just it's over so quick. So we want to make sure that students are able to soak that in as much we, as we possible. We were always pretty. I mean, at least I was pretty religious about getting yep. my specific seat. It was I think five spots over from the right hand side in the front row of the student section. I, I was there every single game. I'd show up to the games hours and hours before doors open just to make sure that I get that spot. Everybody, you know, if you went to UMass from 2016 to 2020, you saw me first guy in line basically every single game. Oh, yeah. I was an absolute mental case. I accept that. And honestly, I, I, I loved that, that, kind of, that kind of moniker. You know what I mean? It, it was really, really great. But I think those days are long behind me. You know, I think, like you said, it was a great, great experience for you to appreciate, in my opinion, in an, an amazing student section. You know what I mean? I feel like we really, you know, we did our part to really make it a great atmosphere. We got to pass the torch along to somebody else. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not for us anymore. If anybody wants to make a, uh, a student section vlog, just kind of showing the experience, the whiteout game would be a great opportunity to Seriously. do that. But uh, if anybody wants to do that, we'll promote the hell out of it. But yep. yeah, you, you won't see us there when it's crowded. We want to we wanna make sure students get that yeah, opportunity. It's purely for the undergrads. Yep. We're going we're gonna to let them take up as much of that as possible. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so what is your favorite part about going to all the games? Uh, I think I think for me it's just like building that like kind of camaraderie with all the fans that go all the time. Yeah. I love being like so so invested and so involved. Like we're friends with a lot of the, the players' families and yep. some of the super fans that go to every game. I think just like the the community around it and just like being so fully invested in the team week to week is it's great. It, this is gonna sound insane. Whenever I go into Mullins, I feel more at home there than I do in my own house. Like. I feel like any time, if I were to look around me in any single area of the Mullen Center, I know somebody by name. You know what I mean? Like, there's people that can just be like, hey, Evan, how you been? You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like th that's that's where my people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I belong there. That's that's my home. That's my second home. So I love going to all the games, and it's even, you know, home or away. I feel like, like you said, you know, talking to the players' families, talking to all the super fans just like us, it's what makes it all worth it. You know what I mean? Like... I, I, I kind of suck up like the, the crazy drive to all the games because some of them can be pretty damn far away. But yep. once we get into that building and we see all the people that we know and love, it makes it all worth it at the end of the day. Absolutely. And especially like going to the road games, like just being so invested. Like exactly. That, it's, it's fun. It's great. That, that leads us to the next question too. What hockey road trip would you suggest that people take the most? There's, there's a lot that we've been on throughout the last couple of years. It's kind of hard to narrow down. I feel like you might have like a, a leading contender right away. I mean, I think you everybody... This, this might sound a little cliche. I think the farther the road trip, the better and the more fulfilling it is. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge fan of the Vermont, you know, like Burlington. The, that Vermont arena is great. Easy, low-hanging fruit is also going to be Alphonse up in Maine. Mm -hmm. Those two, I feel like they're the far one, like, they're the really, really far ones, you know, in terms of proximity, but it's so rewarding because I feel like the atmospheres that they create there and just the overall city that they're in and just, mm -hmm. like, the overall kind of college town experience is... I wouldn't say unmatched because I feel like UMass has a pretty comparative, you know, college atmosphere, of course, but I feel like you got to do it at least once. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely one that you have to check off your hockey's bucket yep. list. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Burlington and Orono for sure. Little dark horse that we just recently did, if uh, UMass or whatever program you support plays at Lake Placid, yeah. I feel like that was a really unique Absolutely opportunity. beautiful road trip. Yeah, the uh, actually driving from Boston up to uh, upstate New York. Just the scenery. You don't have reception for a lot of the way, but the scenery is just yeah. phenomenal. Like just road trip wise, that's amazing. And then obviously the history of Lake Placid, that was that was really cool as well. So 
Um, that one, and then I'd, I'd have to mention Belfast. Like, if UMass ever yeah. plays in the Friendship Four again, yeah. we we use that as an opportunity to just, like, go travel in Europe yep. for a week, and, like, it could not have been better. That like, was my first time overseas. Yeah. Wouldn't trade it in for anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I wish we won both games, but the, the overall experience and, like, just going to the bars, you're getting hammered, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you're having a fun time. Irish bars. Like Dude, it's, it doesn't yeah. get much better than that. You're going to a place called McHugh's, yep. and you have a bunch of members from the hockey team coming in after, you know, a, a tie against the top five ranked Quinnipiac, you're smiling. You yep. know what I mean? It was, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that one, but obviously that's a little more expensive, but if you could swing that one, that one is it so worth it. It so worth it. All right, so next question we have, any travel plans for the remainder of the season? Uh, we have no big plans for road games. I don't think we're not going to Orono because we did that last yeah, year. Yeah, that's a hike. Um, I think those are the those will be the only two games that we miss the rest of the way. So if you yeah. ask uh, Hockey East playoffs at the Garden, um, the Regionals in Springfield, fingers crossed the the National Championship we'll find in, a way. in Minnesota, we will be there. So I think I think Orono is the only one we're missing. The rest yeah. Of the so way. I mean, if that if that's the case, then I think. The travel plans would be going to Chestnut Hill, yep. which is not in Boston, so that'd be a little bit of a hike. Yep. And then uh, obviously it would be a, what a Lowell for Songa Center, yep. UNH. UMass. Oh yeah, and then UNH as well. Yep. So we travel a little bit, but none of the major road nothing, trips. Nothing big, yeah. All of all of the the classic within you know a solid hundred miles of, of the greater Boston area will be there for sure. And just let it be known, if UMass is in the Frozen Four in Minnesota, we, we will, will find a way to be there for sure. All right, what is the most you've ever spent on UMass hockey tickets? Uh, I think I have a pretty clear-cut answer. Um, national championship in Pittsburgh. Yep. I think right after the, the overtime winner in the Frozen Four round, I, I pressed purchase on like front row $200 tickets. Like I was just like so caught up in the moment. Probably would have bought a little bit worse tickets if I, if I had my head screwed on straight after yep. that win. But that's e by far the most expensive I've ever bought. Yeah, sadly I couldn't make it. I had some uh, some personal issues. My dad was uh, basically a couple weeks away from from his last moments on Earth, so I had to spend that with him, obviously. So wasn't able to shell out two hundred bucks on seeing UMass's first natty, but. I'm going to actually defer this question, I think, to you, Ken, because you buy, like, 95% of the, the road trip yep. tickets that we go on. I want to say it was probably, you said, the, what, the DCU Center against Minnesota? Yeah, we bought the full package for, for tickets for the regional in Worcester yeah. in 2022. Uh, we didn't end up making the, the regional finals, so I think we spent, like, 90 bucks. Yeah. So I'd probably say that's your... your... That sounds or it might have been Buffalo, even though that was actually crowded. We, we got student deals for that, too. Yeah, that is true, and that, yeah. but even just, like, all the lodging and stuff yeah. that was also I think crowdfunded by UMass yeah. Twitter so big shouts out back to the what was that back in 2019 yeah, that, was before, so. that was before anybody knew us with the podcast yeah, or they anything just, they like just that, knew so. me as being that psycho that would show up to Mullins five hours early ooh we have our first guest and we have Nathan Look. Strauss showing up here how's it going Nathan it's going well I'd love I'm, to hear I'll it. hop on as a guest anytime you want we'll just oh. send me a text and we'll just shoot the can I swear on this yes yeah. yeah we'll just shoot the shit yeah. for however long you want I would be so happy to do that sounds amazing love genuinely we're gonna plan that out and yeah. that's gonna be a great time yeah, yeah. let's do it like do you not not this week but the week after we, the week we, we will certainly sure. figure it out do you have a score prediction for this game I do and because I'm not on the broadcast I can say it I think so I said before the game yesterday yep. I said I thought UMass would win close on Friday night and win big on Saturday UConn this year has been susceptible to these pits and valleys. That's uh, what, what yep. their captain Hudson Jandor said. And I think last week they went to Providence on the Saturday night after getting blown out 5-0 at home and stole a game. They got outshot 43-17 or 43-18 wow. that game. Yeah. 
I think even though they've been a better team away from home this year, I think UMass wins big tonight. I think 5-1, 5-2. Uh, I thought the UMass switched to a 1-3-1 yesterday, as, yep. as we talked about before. I think it really threw UConn for a loop. And I just don't think that this Huskies team necessarily has the... I don't know if they have the goals in them. Okay. If we're being honest, yeah. you know, they, they're they're the only team they have they have more goals per game than in Hockey East is UMass Lowell. I think they're averaging now like two point two goals a game or two point wow. three goals a game. Yeah, it was low when we did that. Yeah, preview. for sure. Yeah. Uh, these two teams have combined for ten of the fifteen wins by teams when they only score two goals. Wow. Uh, but I think UMass wins big tonight. All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna book it. We're getting goals. Uh, Lottie's getting a goal. Okay. Merck's is gonna get a point, and I think Scotty's gonna get a point or two to get to get uh, in that go. top twenty or so. So it's gonna be a big one tonight. Uh, how about those minutes? Would, wouldn't it? be happier. All right, I have another question for you, Nathan. While you're still with us, do you think that UMass's larger sheet of ice is gonna play a big part against uh, against UConn? I think it will, and the reason why I think it will more than anyone else is that we saw in the first game when these two teams played back on January fifth. Yep. UConn was able to actually get a little bit more space than normal. And they're not a fast team. If you look at their speed, um, they're not a particularly speedy team. Okay. And interestingly enough, I, I think their best players aren't very fast either. Like Matthew Wood, the biggest knock on him when he was you know, a lottery pick and in that draft process was that he's not the best skater. Okay. But one thing that I do think UConn didn't do well enough last night is I don't think they got him the puck in space at all. Like True. I think on their one power play, you could see UMass, the only player they were cheating over was him. Like he wanted the puck yep. a bunch. Yep. And um, I think it could I think we'll see more goals, okay. obviously, on a bigger sheet. I also think that UMass will find more space as well. I thought the Agreed. breakout I thought the breakouts last night were really, really Fully good agree. for UMass. 100%. Especially in the first and third. The second period got a little bit dicier. But Hey, you're on your home sheet. I think the fans are going to be electric. Even last night, I thought it was like a 35% 40% showing. We, we, we were making some noise last night for sure. Yeah, but this is. Uh, this, I think it's going to be great. I think it will have an effect. And uh, look, you're a faster team. I think you've got a bit of a skill advantage as well, especially if you look, you know, at the middle six for UMass compared to the middle six for UConn. Uh, I do think the Huskies will have to be desperate, though. I mean, they've. They've really struggled uh, for, for a while. For so, sure. Uh, you got to expect that and can't go behind in this game. Love that analysis from one of the major voices of the UMass Minutemen, yeah. Nathan Strauss. Great broadcaster. Really coming in with some hot analysis right now. So yeah. appreciate your time. Let's, and I'll talk, to you guys, I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll see you guys tonight. 100%. So, All right. yeah. Let's hope we can, tonight, let's, eh? yeah. let's hope we can turn those predictions into a nice soundbite on social media after sure. this game. That'd be pretty cool. All right, resuming with our questions here. Do you think there are any underrated college rinks? Does anything come to mind for you, underrated-wise? I, I feel like Songus kind of never gets talked about a lot, so that's UMass Lowell's arena. Yeah, I, we think pretty highly of Songus. I, I, I love it. I think it's a really, really nice arena. It's modern. I think it's like a Gannis light, if that makes any sense. Like, it's basically just like BU's arena, but it doesn't really get that same respect. You know, it has that same sort of layout, just, you know, open concourse, nice, big, you know, large amounts of seating, really good, you know, leg room, things that I value. Really solid concessions, too. Only kind of knock on it is that it's not that close to Boston, so not a lot of people are going to make the trek out there, but I think it's genuinely a really, really nice arena that I feel like not a lot of people talk about. I, I fully agree with you. I'm looking through my rankings that I have right now of arenas, um, I think BU doesn't get talked about as having one of the best That's fair. arenas. Um, just like being right in Boston yeah. on, on Com Ave. Um, really nice arena. Uh, my only knock on is the expensive tickets, but of course. I feel like that's not really in the conversation. I feel like Gutterson or the uh, Orno. Yeah. Um, I think those are in the conversation. But yeah, I think two of the nicer, more modern arenas. Yeah. I think we both appreciate those ones. Because I feel like a lot of the other ones that are at the top of our like top of our list, everybody knows. 
it, like they they just Evan, Evan just got a little funny face from John Bolger. Yeah, you know, right I, I, had to, I had to I had to take a <laughs> quick little second, get my bearings there, make yeah. sure what I was looking at was uh, actually happening in front of my eyes. But uh, yeah, no, I I genuinely think like people definitely talk about Alphon enough, and it is fully warranted. You know what I mean? That's by far, in my opinion. Yeah one of the top two at least in hockey so i think that definitely gets applauded Ooh, this this is kind of related to our next question if you could see umass skate on any epic collision or nhl rank what would it be I I wanna I wanna see UMass skate on the, the campus pond again. I don't know if that counts. That's like a yeah. historic. I guess we we used to play games out on the campus pond. That'd be pretty cool to see a practice out there. Yeah, one, one cold day. That's definitely an interesting one. I I'll be honest. At the top of my head, I don't really know. I mean, this is gonna sound a little bit insane because if anybody's actually heard my opinion on like whenever we played like the Winter Classic or the, sorry Frozen Fenway yes. out at out at yes. Fenway Park. I'm not a big outdoor game guy, but I would love to see something similar to, uh, I forget exactly where it is, came in, I'm going to have to correct me here, but I think they played, so the NHL, there was there was a couple of games that were played out on like a, like a sick looking like outdoor. Lake, Lake Tahoe. Was it Lake Tahoe yeah, where they had Yeah, that's where the Bruins played. That was an unbelievable event. Like, I feel like if you were to just build a couple, a couple bleachers, like, I don't know if it might have been specifically a Fenway Park issue, but I feel like the sight lines in that were horrid. Mm-hmm. I think it, I would love the idea of an outdoor game. It's just it has to be executed properly. I would love to see something like that. Like one of my favorite, and this is gonna be like kind of a baseball deep cut. I love the idea of the Field of Dreams. Oh if we, yeah. If we could have something similar to that in a hockey facet, beautiful. That would be ten out of ten in my yep. opinion. Yeah, I don't really have any like collegiate or NHL rinks that like stand out. They're all like somewhat similar. Like yeah. they're nothing to make them stand out a ton. I think outdoor for sure. Um, UMass just played at Michigan's rink. I know that place is pretty historic. Um, I'd want to check that out if we if we play there. I'll probably take a road uh, the trip down that way. But yeah. no no hockey rinks come to mind. I'm, the, I'm with you on the outdoor. The last one I will think. I'd say Seattle's arena, with like the climate pledge. Oh arena. yeah, that's pretty unique. That one has a really, yeah. really cool kind of like out, like you can literally look inside the arena from the outside of it, which I think is super yeah. cool. Kind of similar to uh, Toscana, where yeah. you, there's kind of like window, all the glass yeah. on the outside, and you can actually yeah. look right into the rink from the outside. Like, I think it's super. I, cool. Uh, I was right outside of that rink. I didn't go in. Yeah. in Seattle, but so, it is pretty cool. If I had to pick an NHL arena, that's probably the one that I'm going for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then moving on to Mullins. What's the best part of Mullins? Is our next question. Um, I think Evan and I, we haven't done an arena re- review on we, Mullins we will, yet. We will. I think both of our opinions is it's kind of like middle of the pack yeah. for Hockey East. Um, I guess I, I like when we're good and we have games like the the main one and we hopefully hopefully tonight against UConn. I think that's my favorite part. Having that such a big capacity when yep. we fill it is great. It's it's awful when we don't fill it though. So I don't know if yep. I can say that's my favorite part. I don't know how you feel about no, it. No, I completely agree, and that's kind of where where I'm at. Like I don't know if there's like. It, it'll lead into our next question really well because I think there are some things that you know I, I would like yeah. to change about Mullins, but I mean definitely I mean having the big capacity, like you said, when it's a sellout crowd, we get loud and we get rowdy, and I love that. It's just the problem is, doesn't happen as often as I'd wish. So I would definitely say that that's probably the best thing that we have going for it is the you know increased capacity because the potential of Mullins is absolutely nuts. It's just sometimes I feel like we don't fully realize it when we need to. Yeah, I just I just. Uh 
made a Jay Burnham sighting. He's in the building, so that's pretty cool. We got, we got cool. ourselves a nice hot event going you know, on. Maybe here. we can get him to come say hello. But yeah, Evan hinted the next question: What would we change about Mullins? Um, one thing immediately. I, I think there's two things that jump out yep. immediately for me. Uh, it's shrinking the capacity, making it more of an intimate setting. Uh, maybe adding some suites higher up, like they have at BU. Uh, just just make the capacity a little bit smaller, a little more intimate. Um, we'll fill that place a lot more often. My second would be. Down in the tunnels near where the locker room is, UMass has a ton of cool branding, like their their players in the NHL, like yep. all that kind of stuff. History, awesome photos and murals and stuff like that. I need I see that at a few arenas in the concourse. I need something like that in the we concourse need, at Mullins. It's yep. so bare bones. Yeah, and it's kind of funny how we like almost completely contradicted ourselves with that answer right there, where we love the big the big capacity and when it gets filled out it's crazy, but then we immediately say, eh, it might not be a bad idea to shrink it up a little well, bit. Well I want that atmosphere more often. Exactly. You know? No, I completely agree. It's just I feel like we might get a couple comments saying, oh, yeah, wow, you yeah. guys don't even know what you're talking about. So yeah. I wanted to address that real quick before everybody starts coming in from the peanut gallery. But I think the other thing that I would like to add on to your quote, I think open concourse is the move nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have been mentioning that recently. I mean, we were at UConn less than 24 hours ago. Exactly. That's a great concourse. And I mean, we're talking about Songus. We're talking yeah. about Aganis. What do all those places have in common? Great open concourses. You get to basically look at the action wherever you're walking to. If you're walking to the bathroom, you're walking to get a beer. You're not missing anything. When you're up at Mullins, you're in no man's land out there in the concourse. You're not seeing a damn thing. I, I really do wish that we could kind of get up to speed with a lot of the other great arenas, and I think that's just a big thing that we can do to improve the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think there is a few things that would change about Mullins. Those are definitely the most, the most pressing, in my opinion. Our next question, which UMass Hockey Mullen Center promo giveaway would you like to see? I don't know about you, I have one that pops out immediately to me. All right, let's we, We've seen it at BU over the last couple of years. They run a promotion where if students go to a certain amount of yep. games, I think it's eight games, yep. they get a free jersey with their name on the back of it. That's, like, unbelievable. I think that's, like, the number one thing I would do, just, like, give... Give the credit to the students credit where it's due. If they're coming to all the games, give them a jersey. It's the best way to like spread awareness for the brand. They all look awesome in the in the student section with the jerseys on. That's absolutely no brainer to me. If that happened, I'd have a whole closet full of jerseys. Right yeah, now. we you would. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm trying to do the quick mental math in my head. I had a couple beers already, so I might be uh, stumbling a little bit over this, but I'd have probably what a good ten jerseys or so. Mm -hmm. Figure I spent four years there. How many how many home games we got a year? 16, Sixteen to twenty, 17? something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I mean, yeah, we'd have an easy. At least eight or nine. They'd jerseys. have to cut you off. Exactly. The they, yeah. They, yeah, they would be. <laughs> they would not know what to do with all the freaking jerseys that are going into my closet. But I think that'd be great. The other crazy idea, and I don't know. I don't even know if this is allowed. I think if we were to do something like, you know, maybe like first hundred students or first hundred fans that come in, keep it kind of limited. Do some sort of autographed like thing. You know, like we'll have like Kale McCarr, or like you know some, you know John Leonard, Mario Ferraro, Zach Jones, somebody. Yeah. Do, do like 100 autograph pucks. Whoever comes into the arena first, see who comes the earliest. You know me, I love I love showing up to games really early. Yeah. I'd be showing up hours before. If I can get some sort of autograph memorabilia, it's pretty tough to get some autograph stuff out of some of these UMass guys, especially if they're getting, you know, they're blowing up and they're doing great in the NHL. I feel like that'd be a really, really great thing. It might be a little tough to get that going, but I think it'd be really, really great for the, for the fans. Along the same vein, I think I'd like to see uh, bobbleheads that aren't our chancellor as a giveaway. Yeah. Nothing against... Chancellor Reyes. No, we great love guy. Chancellor Reyes. Um, I think a Kale bobblehead, a yeah. Ferraro, Leonard. like Harvey bobblehead. Yeah, I think those would be so much like more sought after by fans and stuff like that. I think I'd really like that. I think a lot of other people would I think that'd be too. awesome. All right. 
Um, next question we got. Talk about some of UMass Hockey's newest commits. Evan is way more yep. in, the, in the weeds with this than I, so I'll let him go on that. I will bit. take this. Maybe, I mean, maybe top three. I was going to say, we're putting me on the spot a little yeah. bit. So Go to the three guys you're most excited about that aren't here yet. All right, so I'm going right off the bat, and I'm going to butcher his last name. i gotta, I got to figure it out, but Francesco, it's either like Del Els, Del Elche. We still don't know how to pronounce something it. Something along that line. <laughs> we got to get him on the pod, and we'll ask him in person, all right? But yep. this kid, he was eligible for the draft last season. Didn't end up getting drafted inexplicably. I had him pegged as like a third, fourth rounder. He was very, very similar to Adar Suniev, in my opinion, where he played for St. Andrews College. He's now in the Penticton Beach, just like Adar Suniev. Absolutely killing it. Almost point per game pace right now as a defenseman, which is amazing, right? Literally followed, same team, same sort of trajectory. Suniev was a third round pick, and yet somehow Francesco isn't. Something's not right here. The only knock on him, in my opinion, is... You know, he hasn't done it against elite-level competition yet. He's going to get there soon. You know, he that's exactly what people were saying about Suniev. I was saying it. Look at what Suniev's doing for us right now. He's one of our leading freshmen. You know, he, I think what he can bring to the table is absolutely huge. In a similar vein, Larry Keenan, another defenseman. Same exact team, playing for Penticton right now in the BCHL. Fourth-round pick to Detroit. Really, really kind of a more of a raw defenseman, if that makes sense. Really, really great, you know, physical tool set, physical gonna, skills. I'm going to cut you off real quick. We got right. our buddy Joe. Let's get him on the pod we, real what's, quick. What's your score prediction for tonight? My score prediction for tonight? 2-0 last night, right? Yep. All right. 3-1 UMass. 3-1? 3-1. Love it. Three one I'm going to double it. Let's go 6-2. <laughs> Let's go 6-2. <six> <laughs> I think we're going to have ourselves a hell of a night. Hell yeah. Yep. I said I said 6-1 coming in. Somebody's going to get a cool sound bite on social media after this. It's going to be great so. for sure. Your shirts, beautiful, everything you're doing, beautiful. Guys, get your shirts. Get your shirts. Homefield Apparel.com. Puck 10, 10% off. Go for it. Thank you, Joe. Cheers, Appreciate Joe. it. Appreciate you, buddy. All, All right. right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. No, we got to get some other people on the pod. Yep. It's, it's, that's exactly why we're doing this sort of live pod. But yeah, Larry Keenan, more of a raw defenseman. You know, really, really physical, aggressive guy. Big kid, only I think at 18 years old. He's going to be coming in next season. He needs a little bit of work. He's still raw, still a little bit undeveloped, but he has sky-high potential. I'm very, very interested to see how he'll look, you know, like year three for UMass. It's going to take him a little bit, but once he gets there, Carvey loves developing defensemen. This kid has every single skill set that Carvey would want to start to develop into an elite NHL-level player. Last guy I'm going to talk about was somebody who just recently committed. Vaclav Nestrashil. Right? Wow, what a name. This kid, out of the Czech Republic, he played for Sparta Prague. Same exact youth program that, right now, who just came off of a 36-save shutout, Michael Rabble played for. Sorry to interrupt, guys. I'm just jumping in in post-production here. We had a little bit of an issue with our recordings from this live pod. Part of Evan's side of the feed got corrupted, uh, paid some money, tried to get it recovered. We were able to get most of it Uh you heard everything so far that we were able to recover, but we weren't able to recover the second half of uh, Evan's audio, so it's going to sound a little different. We still have it. I'm going to be able to turn up his stuff uh, on my end of the audio, so you'll still be able to hear him. Uh, it'll sound a little different. Hope it sounds all right for you guys. Feel free to, to not listen to the rest if it sounds too brutal, but uh, it should be okay. So yeah, sorry about that. We'll definitely make sure this doesn't happen for future live episodes. We love our Czech guys. He's going to be an impact freshman in my opinion. He, I believe, was almost a point and a half per game. I think he played like 30-something games, had like 50-something points. Almost was averaging a goal per game. Or goal per game. Uh, he was at the U16 or U17 level of uh, Sparta Prague. 
great, great kid. His brother played in the NHL for a little bit uh, on the Carolina Hurricanes. I really do think there's something about these European prospects, in my opinion. They just have sky-high potential. They don't care about the glitz and the glamour of, you know, the BUs and the BCs and the big cities and nothing like that. They want to come out here, Western Mass, focus on the hockey, and get shit done. That's what he's going to do for us, and I'm really, really excited. To Dude, you got me pumped up. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Up. This is why I focus on the, this stuff, the, the future is bright, I think, especially in the, the forward core, it sounds for like, sure. for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the defenseman core on, on paper right now is a little bit a little bit sexier, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. I definitely think that, you know, sometimes it's not, always, it's not always about, you know, the crazy drafted guys and the guys that, you know, put up a crazy amount of points. Look at Jack Musa. He wasn't even drafted. Undrafted. Right now, the leading point scorer on the team, right, got a goal last night against UConn, been absolutely bossing it as a freshman. It does, sometimes it's not the guys that you expect to start absolutely killing it. So I could be completely wrong with these predictions. It might be a guy like Finn Loftus who pops off next season and ends up being yeah. the best defensive on the team. Who the hell knows? I'm more than excited to find out. All right, awesome. Yeah, totally excited. Let's uh, let's switch it over. Our next question was to a best of three on three team of only UMass players draft style. This is a fun one here. Um, I guess we could do it pretty quick. I guess we'll go all time UMass hockey players. Um, we'll do one goalie and then three skaters. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to flip the coin real quick. Yep. And we're going to do a snake draft style. Yep. So you're going to get first pick, because I think we all know who's going to be the first guy. Yes. He's a little bit overpowered, so we don't want to give you two picks back to back. Yep. So I'm going to go heads. Heads. And they'll be in tails, so you get first pick. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is my first right. overall 1-1. One, one. Uh, too, too easy. Too easy. Putting me on the spot here. It's a little tough. But so now I get you back to back, though. These are these are uh, guys in their UMass prime. That's how we're picking them. All right. So ooh, if we're talking prime players, mm -hmm. all right. I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna go with two forwards for this one. I'm gonna take, in my opinion, probably the two best forwards that we can take. I'm going Bobby Trevino. Okay. UMass legend. Yeah. Shocking pick. Shocking. I'm go with the hometown kid, John Leonard. All right. Get, get the forwards out of the way early, and then I'll leave my, my goalie and my defense for the last day. Interesting. Okay. So we got two. Those, those, I think those are my three easy off the board. Yep. Um, I got to go I gotta go two forwards. I already got my D-man. and I go for goalie if you, if you have one that you really like. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I'm happy with taking either, so I think I might just save that. But, uh, ooh, this is tough. I didn't, we didn't we didn't plan it all ahead for this, so just kind of off the rip. If you want me to, I can give you a couple suggestions. No, I, let's let's hear what you think. So I'm uh, immediately. So you're looking at the, you're looking at forwards, right? Yes, I'm looking at forwards. Guys like Mitchell Chamberlain. Yep. You got. I mean, I feel like that's probably the easiest one. Yeah. You got to go Chafee. You got to go. Ooh. This is tough because there's so many guys with the I know, Frank Petrano. Give me, yeah. give me Vitrano second okay. pick. I like that. I'll go there. You get another one. And then I'll go. You um, I'll go Chafee. Chafee yeah. and Vitrano in the front. I think I like those two. Uh, Chafee, shout out, just made his, got his first NHL goal a few days ago, so pretty awesome there. Uh, this is where it kind of gets tough for me because right now I get back to back picks as well. So I can get my, I can get my pick of the litter goalie and I can basically pick whatever defenseman that I want. Yep. If we're going three on three, right, you've got to figure that there's some sort of, like, you got to go offensively minded, right? So that right there, you got guys like Ferraro. I feel like you can't, he doesn't really bring. Big Ferraro guy. Yeah, but he's not bringing the same skill set to that three on three style. Yep. You know what I mean? So right now my short list is I'm looking at Scotty. I'm looking at Ryan Upto. Ooh. 
think it's Zach Jones. Wow, I love it. I think Zach Jones. N NHL or Zach Jones? Yeah. I'm going, I think I'm going to go Zach Jones here. It's, right now it's tied for me between those three. I'm going to go Zach Jones. I think Zach Jones is really slept on. I think he really, his his offensive capabilities are absolutely huge. Also, shout out Mark Guys. I think, you know, this is, this is the time where you can remember some dudes right now, but I'm going to go yep. Zach Jones. And then for goalie. Do I go with Johnny Quick? Yeah, I, w I was thinking about it. Do I it. go for Murray? Do I go for the longevity? Do I go for, dare I say, one of the greatest single-season performances of all time is Philip Winberg. If I'm going for one game and I need somebody to give me a game, you've got to go Philip Winberg. You took my pick right there. Shutout, yep. That's what it's all about. Granted, Matt Murray was doing crazy stuff in the game prior due to those COVID issues. You yep. know what I mean? So I'm still going to go with... So, to list off the full team, Bobby T, John Leno, Zach Jones, Philip Lindbergh. I love it. I love it. Um, my goalie, I was going to go Lindbergh. I, I was hoping you were sleeping a little bit. Um, give me Matt Murray. I, I know Jonathan Quick. Um, I, I didn't watch him in person. I watched five years of Matt Murray with my own eyes. You're scouting him. Yep, I'm, I'm taking him. So, my team, I got... Chafee up the middle, winning me a face-off in overtime. Yes, Toronto on the wing. Kale's bringing the puck up. Uh, I'm winning in overtime. I think it's me. I, honestly, I think that Kale pick, yep. he does it all. You know what I mean? He's Let, him, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, dude, if we could ever get that three-on-three -three game going... <laughs> If, any, if anybody has any way to simulate it, let us know the outcome. Yeah. Let us let us know who you think uh, got the better team out of this, too. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I love it. All right, next one. Who do you consider to be UMass's biggest rival? Um, we were talking about this last night at the yeah. UConn game. I think right now it's Lowell. I think if, if times are going the best that they possibly can, um, I think it's either BC or UConn. I'd love it to be UConn, just like the state schools closest to each other. Um, I, obviously, our basketball programs aren't at the same level right now, but right now, I, I think it's hard to say that it's not Lowell. Yeah, that's that's that, that's definitely where I'm going. Um, I mean, little brother. You know, yeah. Hashtag yeah. Little brother. I remember when we were students. You know, we used to take road trips up there every now and then. A militia would get some buses, school buses going. We would head up there. Yep. That was always a fun trip. Hockey East playoffs in 22. Yeah, there were, there yeah. were definitely some annoying players. Like Andre Lee hated that guy. He was just a little dirty. And, you know, wasn't wasn't a big fan of him per se. But yeah, they were definitely you know low, a little bit, little bit down in the dumps. I feel like recently they're not having the best of seasons. So I feel like when both teams are on the up and up and they're both playing well, it doesn't get much more tense than that than those sort of games. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I'd love to see the, the rivalry with UConn blossom just a little bit more, too. I think that'd be awesome. Proximity, everything like that is pretty sure. cool. All right, best head of lettuce on the team. Um, I have an easy answer right off the bat, Idar Suniev. I think that's my pretty quick quick one. I don't know if you got another one. Sleeper pick, Ryan Lockback. Oh, yeah. I yep. think he got a sick head of lettuce on him. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe not the most kind of, it's not really flowing too much, but he got the length going. You know, yep. He styles it up a little bit. I like him. Sleeper pick, though, that I saw uh, actually at the UConn game last night when he had his helmet off. Wolf Brady. Same wavelength, dude. I was going to say the same thing. A little bit of flow going. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll give that to them, but I think that's my top three right now. I just yeah. feel like what I saw, especially against, you know, Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's the three guys for sure. All right, best chirp we've heard this year. I'm assuming this is for chirps in the crowd. Um, we heard a lot. On ice. On ice. Yeah. I, you hearing stuff on the ice? Well, I know for a fact I'm hearing Carvey yelling. Stuff. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily directed at the refs or at their own team or what, but I'm hearing them yelling out, "Get it up! Get it up! Skate!" 
Yeah. And then sometimes I don't think I don't think the words puck that he's using, but yeah. You know, sometimes I'm also Let's do it in the crowd then. We've especially yesterday we heard a lot of them. UConn fans are going crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back. Uh, I think. Uh, I think one of my favorite shirts that I've given so far is at the Merrimack game and at the UConn game because they were both extremely relevant. All you do is point to the scoreboard every now and then. Just give them a quick little reminder about who's winning the game. Yep. They can talk all the crap that they want, but if they're not winning the game that's going on right in front of their eyes, it doesn't matter what they're telling me right now. I'm, I'm living in the moment right now. What have you done for me lately? UMass is winning every single time that I'm sure it's I gotta be honest. At least this year, I haven't heard any good ones. There was a really obnoxious UConn fan at the game last night, yeah, but we put him in his place, so absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's hard, hard to chirp after you lose. People were doing that after they lost. Uh, pretty, pretty sad stuff. But yeah, I haven't heard anything really good this year. If you're an opposing fan listening to this, I challenge you to, to give me something good. Yeah. But I, I haven't heard it. I, That's my favorite part about going to away games. Yep. The I remember Merrimack games. I'd be showing up in a full U match jersey. They would have the whole student section giving it to me, giving me the finger, yelling out obscenities. I live for that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Give yep. me some attention. I'm here to get attention. You're giving it to me. I'm smiling at the end of the day, especially when you match up there getting the best. I will say it's kind of hard for teams the last couple of years because we. We have the comeback of Natty. Like it's very, very easy. Yeah, we have we have had it easy. But yeah, I haven't heard anything good this year. Um, maybe maybe we will as we go towards the playoffs and stuff like that. All right, we have a, a really good question here. I think favorite commentator growing up. So do you want to take one first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, hockey specific. Uh, it's Doc Emmerich. Uh, just growing up watching the games on NBC, he's like the voice of hockey for me. Um, he was he was the voice of Shell uh, for a couple of years. I loved seeing that. Um, his like if I hear his voice, I'm thinking it's hockey time. Like absolutely. Uh, other sports wise, I'm a massive Yankees fan, so Michael K's voice uh, has been in my living room for the entire summer for twenty for twenty straight years. Um, I love that. I think those are my two that come to mind immediately. All right, so I'm going to go for my hockey one. I know it's low-hanging fruit. I know it might be a little controversial. i got to go Jack Edwards. Yep. My dad actually couldn't stand the guy. I don't know. It's just something I'm hearing about the homerism for him. What do, you, what do you think about him these days, some of the sound bites coming out? <laughs> I haven't been listening to him a whole lot. I haven't been keeping up to date with the Bruins. I've been mainly a UMass guy, but I've yep. heard some stories. He's been a little <laughs> bit of a clown. Yep. I get it. But back in the day, back when I was like you know, 10, 15 years old, he was the classic, you know, he was all I would listen to. Was the only hockey that I was paying attention to was the time, so I get it. But when it comes to, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, of a basketball guy at times, too, but I got to go Mike Green. Bang! Bang. You know, that, that's the call. Ray Allen shot from the corner for the Miami Heat. I forget what year it was. It was like a 20, or 2010 or something like that. Some, uh, 2010, I think you... I know that they that they lost that one. It's 2011. Was it 2011? Yep, yep. I knew it was one of those years. Yep, that was the, the Mavericks won 2010, I believe. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, those are the classic. Though. You know, you always hear it. Alan for three, bang! You know, like it doesn't yeah. get much more iconic than that. You love. That's a classic. Yeah. Any any commentator that has like their own kind of catchphrase or line doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My, Michael K. See ya on a yeah. home run is the classic. Yep. So the yeah, I think a couple good answers there. I like that. All right, another one. Biggest slash favorite hockey memories pre UMass. Actually, I thought about this one a little bit because I wanted to make sure I gave a good answer beforehand. I have three that come up to mind for me right away. Um, the first one, 
playing knee hockey when I was younger. We had such a makeshift setup with a, a foam like stress ball that wasn't even a ball, it was the shape of an apple. Um, a, a foosball table that wasn't even like square on the corners, like just like bootleg, but it was the best of times playing playing knee hockey there. Um, I grew up right near Springfield, so I went to a lot of Springfield Falcons games. Uh, that was pretty big for me. And then uh, back in when I was 10 or 12, trying to build an ice rink in my backyard by myself and then actually successfully getting a few days of skating out of it, that was a, a really nice memory. So a lot of uh, kind of at-home home traditions there yeah, for me. Kind of the complete opposite, actually. So yeah. For me, I think it was the 2011 Bros Cup run. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was a series against Montreal. Thomas standing on his head. You know what I mean? Like, I remember he was making just diving pads, say, stacking the pads, and I think it's overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, those were absolutely huge. I wasn't even at my house. I think I was at, like, my aunt's house when I was watching those games. Amazing hockey. That cup run, one of the best, you know what I mean? I think ever. Yeah. Unbelievable run there. And then, for me, playing shell. You know, oh, yeah. I, I used to play a ton of NHL 14 every day after school, finish up my homework, and my dad would scream at me if I didn't. So, make sure the homework's done. Up on NHL, I play it for like three, four hours before dinner time. I think at one point I was like top 1,000 in the world on PS3. Wow. I used to play it religiously. I think my record, not to brag, it was like 130 wins, like 25 losses, and like 502. It was something ridiculous. Yep. And I just used to play it religiously. That's really where a lot of my hockey time came from. I think the first game I ever played was like NHL Face Off 99. Wow. PS1. Yep. It was old school. I was playing that stuff. I was like three, four years old. That was what got me into gaming. That was what got me into hockey. The rest of the You and I played a whole lot of NHL 16, too. <laughs> yep. You come over to my dorm room, which was, like I mentioned before, right across the hallway. Yep. And we would sit there, play for hours on end. I remember we used to keep an alley. Yeah. I'm not trying to brag, but I remember that first freshman year, I dominated you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had to catch up. I had to catch up. You, you, yeah. you weren't there yet, but you, right. you were getting better as time went yep. on. Right now, I think we're about to the skill level, but back then when I was in my prime, I oh, was yeah. 10, 15 games in a row again. Oh, yeah. Just kept kept the drive for me going even more, just kind of get better. I remember I used to almost score, you know, I used to outshoot you and outscore you more than you'd even have shots on that. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Like I said, times have changed. You, you'd honestly, you'd probably beat me right now. I've been playing a lot of 24. Yeah. Wow, all right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, for sure. So, yeah, a lot, lot of hockey memories, uh, and it's all culminated to this UMass yeah. hockey, high character, love it. All right, we got a good one here. How does it feel that Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the league? Amazing. It, yeah, it does, doesn't get better than that. Having the, the best guy be from UMass, seeing UMass get mentioned on the broadcast, like, way more than I thought it would. Yeah. Just, like, it's, it's phenomenal. He did. He really did. Quick did it first. You know what I mean? He was definitely, he was kind of a poster child of UMass hockey. And then Kale came in. You know, you got to figure, top five player in the league, maybe top three. Your figure is what? McKinnon, McDavid, and then maybe Kale? Yep. Everybody, if you're good at hockey, your last name starts with the letter M. Yeah, right. That's basically how it goes. So, I mean, I think by far, best defenseman in the league, bare minimum. Yep. You could make the argument best player. I think. The utmost like representation of high character as well. Um, the whole family is we're we're friendly with uh, their parents, Taylor, like everybody. Um, just love having the family involved. I think it's uh, nothing but positives all around for the program for everybody. Absolutely. All right. Would you suggest any changes to help the team in the final Hockey East push? Also, BC sucks. 
Uh, love, great, that, love that little end, ending point there on the question. Great, great question right there. I think you saw a little bit of it last night. UMass kind of changing their defensive strategy a little bit, going the one-three-one, um, really clogging up the neutral zone pretty well. Uh, we talked about it last episode. Just got to get more pucks on net. I mean, we did a great job creating goals in the first half of the season, uh, stringing passes together. I think we just need to start connecting a little bit more, um, being more cohesive offensively, and getting pucks on net. I think. I think we have all the skill level to make a deep run. It's just got to be executing that. And then on the other end of the ice, I completely agree with you there. On the other end of the ice, you got to let Michael Bradley score. Yep. And by that, I mean you got to make his life a little bit easier. No high danger looks. You can't let him have you know cross creek one timers in a slot like that. You want to let him make the saves that he's comfortable making, where he can play big in front of the net, cut off the angles, play smart positionally, not have to make crazy reflex diving saves. If you make his life easy, if you keep it to low-danger chances like you saw against Yukon, he's going to thrive. And that's what he did. We need to make his life a lot easier. He's still so young. He just turned 19 years old. He's not, he doesn't, you know, for his age, unbelievable boys, unbelievable skill. But there's always limitations. You know what I mean? You've got to make his life as easy as possible. I think you've got to maintain that solid defensive structure. And I've noticed that we've been doing that. You know, we, we haven't really been selling out, trying to clear up outside of the zone. We'd rather absorb the pressure a little bit and make sure that we get a clean chance to break the puck out rather than dive blindly at it and then hopefully not set up a high danger chance. Right. So I think it's just keep it simple, go back to basics, and play a nice, smart, solid, defensive hockey. Yeah, we've seen that this team has the ability to skate with anybody. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. It's just about stringing everything together, like Carvey says, just putting good shit on the pile. It's, it'll get it. They'll get it done. They have the skill level. They have the goalie. They have the defenders. Like it's just a matter of getting it all put together. All right, and then we have gone to the end. Our very last question: What is your favorite home field apparel UMass item? Um, pretty easy for me on the new line, at least the uh, the circle logo with the Minuteman holding a hockey yep. stick, standing on a puck. That's that a that's an all time. That's like brand new logo, kind of taking uh, inspiration from the older one holding the yep. musket. I think it's a perfect change. You get that on a, on a, on a maroon hoodie. Oh, put that put that on a hockey jersey. Put that on a cream t-shirt. Yeah. Anything, dude, I'm buying. Yeah. That that genuinely my favorite design. Maybe I've seen on any sort of UMass baseball. Yes, I would say. Maroon hoodie with that logo is my favorite. That I uh, favorite UMass apparel item or home field apparel item. If we're going just from the the non UMass hockey line that just came out, um, I really like the one with the U and M on each side of the uh, the Minuteman with the with the maroon cuffs and the collar. Yeah, I, I really like that design. I think that's my favorite. Absolutely, but yeah, no, I'm still sticking by that design. Yep. Standing on top of the hockey, you know, I understand, you know, kind of the optics trying to get rid of the musket and stuff like that. That's the perfect compromise. Yep. Perfect. Genuinely, they 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 cooked. They nailed it. They nailed it. Cooked and they didn't burn it. It was absolutely beautiful. Love the design. You guys know me. I wouldn't be promoting this shit if I didn't like it. I love this stuff, man. So couldn't be happy to be working with them. Love the design. Hey, and if you want to pick yourself up that design homefieldapparel.com use code PUCK10 that's our discount code you're helping us a lot if you go and use it um, really happy to see the, the, the people here at this event everybody getting 20, everybody getting 20% off we love to see it uh, if you weren't able to make it again Home Field Apparel PUCK10 get 10% off you're going to love the designs and uh, huge shout out to Home Field Apparel for, for making this whole thing happen it's been, a, it's been a blast of a live event for sure alright I think that is all we have um, if you guys have any more questions for us that we didn't get 
just DM us. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give you an answer. We love, we love interacting with you guys. So um, thank you for all of your support. You guys are, are the ones that made this happen. So we really could not appreciate it more. And I think that's all we got. Big game tonight. The Chill the Bill against UMass looking for all six points. So uh, going to be a fantastic night. It already is a fantastic night. So um, thank you guys for listening, and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Let's complete this sweep against the Huskies. Let's go home field apparel.